Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Sixers fans, welcome to a new episode of Sixers and Six. Philly starts off its West Coast road trip with three straight wins. Didn't have to squeak a one-point win out this time. They end up beating the Clippers 120-1-10. to to Before I jump into the details, don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Of course, check out guys like Paul Hudrick, Jackson Frank, Sean Kennedy, Dave Early, a bunch of talented writers as well at our main site, libertyballers.com. So again, I was in the building for this one in LA. Uh, Lots of Sixers fans, once again. um, Not as many as there was on Sunday night against the Lakers, but uh, the crowd was really slow filing into this one. Honestly, the building was like 70% empty up until midway through the first quarter. But uh, looking at the game itself, Joel Embiid, what more can you say about the guy? 41 points in this one, nine rebounds. He had 26 at the break, completely dominated Avita Zubak. He had no chance at stopping Joel down low. Uh, one thing I've seen with Joel this season as opposed to last, and this has been a trend throughout his career year over year, is that he's not taking those shots anymore in terms of, and I don't mean actual shots at the rim, I mean physical shots. The way he's he's getting his looks where he's at on the floor, it's making it a hell of a lot easier. Pay attention to that next time they're on the court. The pick and roll with him and Harden has just been dynamite. If you look at that, since especially since Harden came back from his injury and, and since that loss to Houston, which was James's return to the lineup, the team's 16-4. and four. That's the best record in the NBA, tied with the Nuggets over that span. The Sixers are now 28-16 and 16 overall. And those two guys, the, the two-man game is a big reason why. And, and don't get me wrong, everybody is contributing to the success of this team. And I want to give some credit to, to some guys uh, later on in the podcast. But when you're watching Joel, look, look how much he's shooting those open jumpers. And, and you're seeing this in terms of the fact that Centers, you know, the, back in the heyday of the NBA when you had David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Shaq was just a different animal in his own self, but Akeem Olajuwon, another obviously a great terms of in terms of the big man, it was the ease of which they would get the shots with their back to the basket. While Joel's doing that, facing it, able to just pull up and shoot over whoever is guarding him to, uh, over Zubox, who's a seven footer easily too, but just doesn't have the range, doesn't have the savvy that Joel has. So he's able to take a lot of open shots that would have been considered bad shots maybe a couple of years ago in terms of the fact that they're mid-range or, you know, they're one foot in the paint, but he's just been dominant at that. And and I think a lot of that credit has to go to Harden as well. Harden, obviously, as we've seen from his past, you know, season roughly in terms of 82 games of playing with the Sixers uh, being traded at the deadline earlier in uh, 2022, but you're looking at, at at how smart he is and how he sets up his guys and everything on offense. Yeah, it's not this helter-skelter pace of pushing the ball up the floor. When James has the ball in his hand, it's a lot of dribbling, a lot of maybe standing in one spot, but things are opening up for him and he's able to see one step ahead. And I think the way he's able to feed Joel, and there was one 
highlight from from this game especially and if you can watch it online go ahead and check it out uh, they're on a, a fast break it was a three-on-one i believe and then harden was just a little bit of ahead of joel and he ended up dropping it back through his legs and beat ended up getting fouled on the play otherwise it probably would have been an easy easy lay-in but just looking at how that chemistry is working for for those two guys i just love what i'm seeing from joel hopefully he's able to continue this and and stay healthy and again that goes back to him not taking the shots that he's been taking we've seen him you know hurt his foot hurt his ankle a bit but still keeping himself relatively clean in terms of the physical aspect of the game another thing to pay attention to in, in this game as well Tyrese Maxey again you know we talked about this after the Lakers game on Sunday he's adapting and adjusting to his role as basically like this utility guy for the team and when I when I say that uh, he's still the second or third best player, depending on where you're looking at it. I would put him at three just behind Harden. But when you look at how open he's been, how easygoing he is with, hey, you know what? We're going to change things up here depending on the opponent. Maybe we're going to bring you off the bench. We're going to go with the Anthony Melton in the lineup. Hasn't hurt his confidence. Hasn't hurt his ego. He's still looking at it like, hey, I'm going to continue to do what I need to do in order to help this team. And, and you look at the fact of how much this team was struggling with the bench guys last year, right? And George Niang's been great his entire tenure with, with Philly, but you're looking at last season when we'd see George Niang, Matisse Thibel coming in uh, off the bench and uh, struggling, right? Uh, Andre Drummond for the short time that, that that he was with the Sixers. Obviously, we had the DeAndre Jordan catastrophe from last year as well, but looking at, at how things were just kind of different with this squad. And I love the fact that they're able to be open and be flexible with what they're doing because you're looking at times where you're bringing Maxi in off the bench. Last season, it was Furkan Korkmaz. You know, you know what I mean? A Danny Green. And, you know, when he came off the bench for, for a small time of, of the season, it's like it didn't make any sense. And now you're looking at the squad where they have the opportunity that they don't have to have either Joel or James on the court the whole time. And, and Maxi gives them that. And Maxi and Shake Milton, the chemistry has been great. And Doc talked a lot about it after the game. So did uh, Tyrese Maxey. Here's what he had to say about his chemistry with Shake Milton. Yeah, we've been we've been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Friends for a long time. I think what really helps that chemistry is we really want to see uh, each other succeed. Mm-hmm. And we want to see the team succeed. So because of that, we were able to play off each other. We were able to defer to one another. But still, uh, both of us being aggressive at the same time. Yeah, those are two of the fastest guys you have on the court. And you look at how they've developed together how they've played together, how the Sixers team is looking with them coming off the bench. And there were a couple of stints in this game against the Clippers, specifically going into the second quarter, it was a 34-27 game. And then with those bench guys and led by Maxi, and and Tobias Harris was out there, but led by Maxi, they pushed it out to a 14-point lead. Of course, the Clippers were able to chip away, and then the Sixers were able to kind of keep them at bay a little bit for the rest of the half. But then you're looking at that, these are the differences that having those bench guys and having quality depth gives you. And I think we're starting to see that now from the Sixers when they have their full deck, they're able to adapt and adjust their game plan according to who their opponent is. And I think that's so important in the NBA. We haven't seen that a ton. I mean, you might hear that in football or in baseball where, where you know, there's monumental shifts within a game plan within the game, but within the NBA, 
we haven't been able to see the Sixers do that because they don't have that depth. And now it's like, yeah, you can come with a different starting lineup that is deep. You can also have a bench that is still going to remain deep, even if you stack your starting lineup. And I think those are the keys for why this team is going to be different. And also looking at that third quarter coming out of the gate, uh, Kawhi Leonard was getting going. Paul George was getting going. The the Clippers started to, to make their run and, and they ended up tying the game at one point, wound up taking the lead a little bit late into the third quarter. And then that's when, again, we saw Maxi coming off the bench. We saw George Niang come out and hit a, hit a big shot uh, and, and kind of restore order for the Sixers as it went into the fourth quarter. So again, I'm loving what I'm seeing during these past 20 games. Hopefully they can keep it together. And we talked about this on the podcast network a lot coming into the season and throughout the beginning that this team probably is going to start 10 and 10, 11 and nine. We didn't anticipate all the injuries, but we anticipated it to be a bit of an adjustment period with all the new talent. And now that they got all their guys, all hands on deck, hopefully this is the level we're going to see from this team throughout the rest of the regular season. Going to take a short break here. Uh, going to come back, talk a little bit about some other positive stuff. I know it's weird to be positive about the Sixers, but things have been going great so far. We'll do that coming up in about a minute. All right, we're back. Uh, jumping back into things. I have given this guy my fair share of criticism. I think everybody in Philly, Anybody who's a Sixers fan across the globe, anybody who cares about the NBA in terms of on a national, international scale, Doc Rivers has been a lightning rod for criticism. Most of it has been warranted. He's been hard-headed. He's been stubborn with how he's ran things. Seeing a bit of adjustment there. I don't know if that's something from Doc looking within himself. Maybe guys like Sam Cassell, Dave Yeager on the coaching staff are pushing him. Maybe it's Daryl Morey. But whatever it is, it seems like he's starting to at least see the light and be like, I don't have to stick with the same thing for 48 minutes, especially if it isn't working. And that's one thing that I think I'm glad to see from Doc, that he's been able to adapt and adjust and is willing to try new things. And and this team, especially on the offensive end last year, and, and that was with Harden with kind of a, a, a bum hamstring and the lack of depth without guys like Tucker and, and Melton in the lineup, is that... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We just saw the same things over and over again on offense. And now we're seeing Joel get some different looks. And Doc talked about that a little bit after the game. And we'll jump into that clip here in a second. But just talking about how trying to get Joel different looks, even if it means that the defense is going to collapse on him and he's going to get double teamed, they know that that one look is going to open up other things for the four guys on the court alongside Embiid. And so I think these are, are some of the things we wanted to see. Again, we're too early right now at game 44 to be like, this is the way it's going to be throughout the rest of the season. And Doc's going to be judged just like the rest of the squad. What happens in the playoffs? But it was interesting to hear him talk about Joe, talk about obviously getting used to the fact that this guy should be scoring 40 points a night and it's no big deal. But here's what he had to say about what they're trying to do with Joel on offense. So he's not getting a lot of one-on-ones on the post, but we still have to go down there sometimes. Tonight we went down there twice just to get them the trap so we can get ball movement. You know, we did it the other night. Um, you know, he knows now. Like, we throw it in the post, they're going to trap. We're doing it to get the ball moved and, and try to take advantage on a weak side. 
think we got a three by one of our guys when we did it. Did the same thing in the Laker game. So uh, single coverage. Every once in a while he sees that. Then we go to the post more. Yeah, great answer there from him. And 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 just kind of talking about, hey, we got to put him in different situations. We want to put him in favorable spots. And he's kind of our guy at this point that we want to stick him in in the right spots, not only to get him good looks, but at the same time, also open up things for the other guys. And that was one thing, again, we saw too much of over the last couple of years of Doc's tenure, which is go to the same thing, go to the same thing, give Joel the ball in the block, give him the ball in the high post. It's like, okay, you could do that, but you got to have counters to it. And I think finally this team, this coaching staff, is being put in positions to succeed. Uh, a couple more things I want to jump into before we wrap things up. Looking at the standings, four and a half back now of Boston. Of course, Giannis has been out with that bum knee. Should be back anytime soon. According to Mike Budenholzer, uh, not going to be too much longer before we see Giannis back on the court. And then you got the Nets without Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving also missed their loss on Tuesday. But I think we could see the Sixers maybe start to get a couple of games separation between them and, and Brooklyn without Kevin Durant in the lineup. He, of course, is going to be back at some point. And hopefully they can get a, some cushion on Milwaukee here too and set their sights on Boston. Because that number one seed, not too far-fetched at a play right now. We thought that over the first 15 games when Boston was up like five on the Sixers or six on the Sixers, we thought this is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Uh, the Sixers have actually chipped into it, not too much, just a little bit. But they're getting right there. And they're going to, again... Have some opportunities here over the next few weeks to really start to add on to some wins. you got Portland coming up on Thursday. Sacramento, that King squad has been surprisingly good, so can't look at them as an easy one. We'll see what Kyrie's status is. It's for the Wednesday, the 25th game at home against Brooklyn. Then obviously we got that mega matchup between the two best big men in the league, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid on Saturday the 28th. Then you got back-to-back -back against Orlando at home. You got San Antonio on the road. You got a Knicks team that is pretty decent, but again, another winnable game there in early February before a matchup against Boston on Wednesday the 8th. And then again, you look at the schedule after that. You got some games peppered in there with teams like Houston, who's the worst team in the NBA. Uh, you're going to have some games against a struggling Heat squad. So again, some room here and some time to definitely creep up the standings. And I do think it's important for the Sixers to try and get at least a top two seed, right? You want to be playing a game seven at home in front of your fans. You want to have that opportunity that if Boston does get upset in round two, you'll have home court advantage in the conference finals. Unless of course, Philly does catch Boston for that top spot. So again, there's a lot to look out for. There's a lot to play for, but this Sixers squad over the past 20 games, 16 and four, we're going to be writing an article here. should be up. Uh, sometime in the morning that'll give you some more insight into what's gone on over the last 20 games and, and breaking down some of the numbers. So definitely look out for that on Liberty Ballers. But yeah, I mean, exciting to watch this team. Everybody's getting back into it. Hopefully they can sustain this level. We don't see the injuries that we do. And if we do see any, they're super minor in terms of maybe a couple of games here or there for the guys. But again, everything's looking really good. The chemistry is off the chains between the team. Again, being in the locker room, seeing how they all interact and, and seeing the camaraderie and the way they talk to each other and respect each other. It, it's, it's something to behold. And I think that we looked at this team coming into the year, which is it's championship or bust, right? Especially when you got one of the best players, if not the best player in the NBA and Embiid likely going to be right up there in the MVP conversation again, this season, then you got James Harden, a top 75 guy of all time. You got an ascending still Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, playing amazing uh he's another guy i should have given some credit to in terms of defensively guarded Kawhi leonard a lot in this game much better laterally in terms of his movement much better at the catch and shoot three these are all wrinkles that he added to his game and, and honestly that is not easy to do 
when you're a guy with his tenure in the NBA, right? You look at Tobias Harris, he's 30 years old, going to be turning 31 in, in a couple of weeks here. But you look at, at, at how he's adjusted and adapted his game to playing alongside James Harden, playing alongside a dominant Joel Embiid. So he deserves a ton of credit. I, I'm just excited to see where this season is going to go. And hopefully it leads to the promise line because this team is good enough to compete with the big boys. We've seen them do, out, do that throughout the regular season. Questions for this squad, the Sixers specifically, is going to be health. It's going to be, are they going to be able to be consistent and obviously the coaching question mark is, is still going to be there and, and again as i said doc is doing a lot of good things so far this year he kept that team afloat when they were without harden and maxi obviously they had that big win against brooklyn and ben simmons return without their big three in the lineup so we know that doc can coach well even though he's missing his studs but a lot of things going right and hopefully we can continue this and and again this is this is an exciting time don't forget, we're going to have you covered at the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. As I mentioned off the top, always appreciate a five-star review if you're inclined to give us one, and always appreciate a subscription as well. And of course, as I mentioned, check us out, libertyballers.com. I should have a piece up, like I said, by the time you're up in the morning. I'm recording this very, very late or early uh, in the morning on Wednesday, so that should be up there as well. Don't forget to check that out. And also, if you are listening to this either very early in the morning or late at night, depending on how you're looking at it, uh, Jackson Frank. Paul Hudrick and I will be doing a live stream at three o'clock. Uh, so make sure you check this out on Twitter there as well. And if you want to hit me up on Twitter, feel free to do so at jazzkang 21.